How you doing, Rock Church? Pastor Miles here. This weekend, my wife and I are at the Rock Marriage Retreat out here in Palm Springs. It's one of our favorite weekends of the year, an event that all you married couples need to go to next year. But today we have a special guest, uh, Pastor Obed Martinez from Destiny Church in Palm Desert. He is going to blow your mind with a powerful message. He serves on our board. He's a great friend, and I know his message is going to bless your heart. So God bless you, and enjoy the message. Come on, Rock Church. Man, God bless you guys. What a uh, what an honor it is to be here. And, uh, man, I love Pastor Miles and, and, and his beautiful wife. Man, they are incredible people. God is using him all over the world. And, uh, man, it's such an honor to serve on your board and, uh, and just know that God is doing great things here at The Rock. Man, you are in good hands. How many know you're in good hands, right? Can we honor your pastor right now? Pastor Miles, we love you. You're awesome. Hey, well, I want to give a big shout out to all the campuses, man. East and North County, City Heights. Nice woman to do that, right? San Ysidro and the military and the online campus. God bless you. Come on, can we give a big God bless you to all the campuses? We love you guys. God bless you. You guys are awesome. All right, you guys ready to get in the word today? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? If you can't, open up your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 139. I like people to stand up. It's the Word of God. You know, I'm a little old school. Don't let the skinny jeans fool you. (laughs) Psalms, chapter 139 and verse 16. If you're there, say, I'm there. If If you're not, say, I'm not. Hurry up. Psalms 139, verse 16, it says this, Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I want you to see that. Your eyes saw my unformed body. My, your eyes, God's eyes was on something that was unformed. Something that your eyes see that's unformed must be attractive. In order for God's eyes to be on him. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one ever came to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation. Give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message on all our campuses, we will never, never, never be the same. In Jesus' name. And all the people that woke up a little late to get to the 10 o'clock service say... Amen, amen. Before you see it, give someone a high five and say, you wish you looked as good as me. You wish you looked as good as me. Some of you are like, I believe that. Hey, I'm going to give you a kind of like a cliff note version of just kind of my life that I was born and raised in a Christian home. I'm a fourth generation pastor. It doesn't mean that I'm more saved than anybody else. It just means that I have more chances to mess up. And um, so I I did some messing up in my life. I I was in church, born and raised. My mother would uh, pick us up from school since I was a young boy till about nine years old. And and my mother headed up the intercessory prayer ministry in our church. And so I remember doing my homework in the front pew. Like we didn't have padded seats like that. We had pews, okay, wooden pews pews, okay? And literally, we'd have services for three hours. I mean, who goes to three-hour services? Can he, I don't even know. Anyways, uh, I was born and raised there, and then 
I landed up by the, by the time I was 10 years old, started liking girls, and uh, that kind of got me in trouble. And, and so through that, I, I landed up getting jumped into a neighborhood and from, between, from the ages of between 12 and 16, landed up messing up, going in and out of jail. And, you know, all that time that I was messing up, it was always my mom who would be praying for me, my dad believing for me. And, you know, I got, I got locked up at the age of 16. And, you know, my friends told me they'd write me. They got my back and nothing like that. None of them ever came to visit me. Never, none of them ever came to write me. But my mother took a bus every Saturday to come and visit me. And, and it was that final weekend. I was getting out on that Monday. And my mom said, she said, son, um, you're getting out this Monday. Listen, I, you need to go to church on Wednesday. And I'm like, mom, I ain't going to church. And she was like, no, son, you need to go to church. You would love church. I mean, I'm like, mom, I'm not going to church. I mean, the church is just filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And she's like, I know you'd fit in very well, but you... <laughs> You need to go to church. And, and I'm like, no, I don't want you to go. Listen, there's going to be a bunch of cute girls at church. I'm like, dang, I'm going to church, okay? And so, so, so I landed up going on a Wednesday night to church. And, you know, the, the youth group was going to go to youth camp that Friday. The youth pastor went up there and he says, hey, youth camp is sold out. I said, nah, I don't really want to go anyways. It's all good. And the next day I get a phone call. My mom's like, Son, it's the youth pastor. He's on the phone. The first thing I told my mom, I said, Mom, promise you, I didn't do anything, okay? And uh, he gets on the phone. He says, hey, we have one more spot uh, for you to go to camp. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to go. I'm good. And he was like, oh, no, you need to go because your mom paid. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going. And he's like, oh, bad, there's going to be a bunch of girls. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, right? And, uh, and, and, and I went and, and I got saved on July 8th, 1989. I never looked back. And it was absolutely incredible, man. My experience was awesome. And uh, God told me, man, he says, listen, I don't want you to date because I'm preparing someone for you. And he told me not to date for two years. I mean, like, I mean, I was Deuce Diggolo, the male gigolo. How you tell me not to date, right? He's like, no, no, I got some for you. And, and God gave me my beautiful wife. Here's, here's a picture of my beautiful wife and my kids right there. I mean, uh, look at that. I mean... Didn't she get lucky? And, uh, and, and yet, through this whole journey that, that, that I had, I'll never forget my youth pastor coming to me and saying, Hey, Obed, I want you to share your testimony. I want you to, I want you to, to speak. And, and, and my first response to him was, I don't have nothing to say. I mean, all, all I have is a, I've done bad things that I'm, I'm not proud of. And, and what, 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 what would you want me to say? I, I really don't have nothing. And it was that moment that God began to teach me something in life that has gotten me from where I was to where I am. That's actually going to take me to where he desires my life to be. And that is he began to teach me about the power of nothing. See, God started that way. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless, empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God began to hover over the waters. The earth was formless. It was empty. Your life was formless. It was empty. And the Holy Spirit, like he, he, he had to hover over the earth, had to hover over your life. And it didn't start when you were born because the Bible even says as God began to create in the first 
five days, everything came out of the mouth of God. Let me create the sky. Let me create the universe. Let me separate the waters. Everything God began to create, animals, everything. Everything started coming out of, out of his mouth. And, and then all of a sudden, something changed on the sixth day. Because it was that day that God's mouth didn't open up. Matter of fact, something happened. He had to change his posture. He had to change his position. And the Bible tells us that God took his hands. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, he went and touched some formless clay, some dirt. And he began to form man. And the Bible says in Genesis 2, verse 7, that God took his hands and he began to form man. And, and, and what's amazing about that particular part is the fact that in order to form something with your hands, you got to have a picture of it in your mind. And, and God, through his infinite power, just began to, to form man from the dust of the ground. And literally, he had a picture of what your destiny, of what your life would look like. Because your mind doesn't, your hands doesn't have a brain. It doesn't have a mind. It has to be navigated by something called your mind to the point that God is taking something that is formless, something that is empty, and he's turning nothing into something. He's forming it. And, and this is why Jeremiah has a revelation about this. Because in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, look what it says. It says, and, and, and before I, I formed you, I, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now watch this. I formed you because I knew you. And then I set you apart and appointed you to the nations. Think about this. God formed you. And the, the reason why God formed you was because he, he knew you. It's not present tense, I know you. It's not future tense, I'm getting to know you. It's, it's speaking of something in the past. So in other words, you were on God's mind before you were ever planted as a seed in your mother's womb. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And, and, so, and so he said, listen, he said, I, I, I formed you because I knew you. And therefore, because I knew what you were going to be so great, so mighty, so powerful, so used by me, I set you apart. In other words, I made you so great as such as, as an original that you can't fit in with everybody else. And all your life, all your life, watch this, all your life, you've tried to fit in. Let, let me fit into this group. Let me try to fit in because that's what I did. And, and, and yet God, God formed you because he knew you. Then he, he, he set you apart. And then he says, now I'm appointing you. You know, think about it. Think about a seed. A seed has an instruction inside of it. Like, like if you took a, an, a, you know, a, you know, watermelon. Come on, how many like some watermelon, right? I, I, I mean, I mean, when, you know, it's, 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 it, you know, I, I, I feel bad for Pastor Miles because we kind of switched this week. He's in 117 degrees, and I'm like in 76. I'm in paradise. He's in hell. No, I'm joking. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but you know, when it's really hot in the desert, my wife will send me to the store. She's like, "Honey, you know, the kids want some watermelon. I want some watermelon because you know, I." I you know, I like some watermelon. I got a little color in me, right? I'm with some watermelon, right? I'm, that's me, right? And so, and so give me some watermelon. So I go to the store. And you know when you go to the store, like they, they'll have the, the watermelon on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on some ice and they cut it. 
And, and like you walk by and you're like, dang, that thing looked good. And you can almost already taste it because it's like you see it and it's, it's, on, a, it's, on, it's on some ice and it's real hot outside. But, but, but you know, what, what makes you want to buy it? Because you can see it. You see the fruit of it. But imagine if your wife sent you to the store and said, go buy some watermelon. And you went to the, to the section and there was this bed of ice, but all there was was some black seeds on it. None of you sit there and be like, dang, that looked good. Man, I want some of that. Because you're seeing the seed. You're not seeing the fruit. You're seeing the beginning. You're not seeing the fullness of its manifestation of what it could be. But when you're seeing a seed, within it is the instruction for that watermelon to come to pass. So if I took a, a, an orange seed with the instruction inside of it to become an, an orange, all I have to do is plant it in Florida. And if I plant it in Florida, I never have to worry about while it's in the ground becoming what it's meant to be. The reason why is because the instruction is already inside of it. But if I took that same orange seed with the instruction inside of it and planted it in Idaho, how many of you know that orange seed will not grow to the fruition of what it could be? Not because of the instruction that's inside of it. It's because it's planted in the wrong environment. You see, how did you come into this world? You came into this world as a seed. And in that seed was the instruction and the assignment that God destined your life to be. And so your life was already programmed. Your life was already destined for the purpose and the design in which God created you to be. And yet, because you were planted in the wrong environment, in the world, in sin, and all these different things, the purpose of God hasn't come to pass yet. You see, you got to realize this, that God forms. Sin deforms. But Jesus came to transform. And so, so when, 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 when God's hand was on you and God was forming you and you were this clay and he was this potter as Jeremiah 18 says, and he's forming you. And, and if you ever watch like a, like a, like a potter form clay, uh, form, form a pot out of clay, you're looking and you're going, what is he doing? Like, why does he keep on bending it this way? And yet... A few hours later, you see the finished work, but you're questioning what it's becoming as you're watching it because you can't see the full picture. Because the full picture is not in your mind, it's in his mind. And so, and so the reason why when your life was being formed and then, you know, the enemy brings temptation and sin your way and you sin like I sin and you mess up like I messed up. You started taking on different identities because you had other hands 
that don't have the picture of your destiny in their life and in their head to form you into what you were. And so I put my life into the hands of, of people on the streets and I put my, my life into the, into the hands of, of other drug dealers and, and other liars and manipulators. And, and all of a sudden my life was being formed by other people's hands who did not have the picture of my destiny in their life. And this is why I was a young man trying to figure out who I was. Just like today, there's so many people trying to figure out who they are. And the reason why you're trying to figure out who you are is because you got the wrong hands forming your life. They didn't create your life and they don't have a destiny for your life. The only one that does is Jesus Christ. Come on, Rock Church. And so the thing is, is that, is that I went around looking, God, I, I want to know who I am. And that's what happened when I got saved. When I got saved, I came to church just like you, sat in a seat. But I realized later on I wasn't saved to sit, I was saved to serve. And, and I was like, they were, you got to serve. And I'm like, I don't need to serve. What do I need to do that for? You know, and, I, and God says, no, 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 no. It's not what I saved you from. See, the church, we can have testimony services all day. And everybody will come up here and say, Pastor Obed, this is what I've been saved from. I've been saved from alcohol. I've been saved from drugs. I've been saved from, from, from all this kind of stuff. And that, that was me. I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, God saved me because I was hooked on drugs. God saved me, man, because I was messed up from the chest up, beat up from the feet up, all that kind of stuff, right? God saved me because of that. And one day the Lord spoke to me and says, I didn't save you because of that. Oh, but, but, but you saved me, Lord, because I was lost. He was like, ha. Lost? What are you talking about? I was lost, God. He goes, how can you be lost from a God who's omnipresent everywhere at the same time? It's not like you can play hide and go seek with God. He says, no, but I didn't save you because you were hooked on drugs or I didn't save you because you were lost. I didn't even save you because... You have some addictions. I've allowed those things to happen for you to come to the realization that all those things will lead you to nothing but emptiness. He goes, I saved you because I need you. I said, what are you talking about? He says, Obed, I called you while you were in the womb. Before you ever sinned your first sin, I've already decided I was going to use you. In other words, you were appointed and anointed before you were ever announced. He says, it's not what I saved you from. Hey, that's all great. But it's something bigger than that, Obed. Listen, it's not what I saved you from more than what I saved you for. The reason why I never stopped chasing after you was because you took on a wrong identity that did not match the identity that I had in my mind as I was forming you in your mother's womb. I just want my hands back on your life so I could use you the way I want to use you and give you the reason of why you were created. And, and, and so I had that same excuse that you did. I have nothing, God. What really can I offer people? Where I don't even know what my gifts and talents are. 
I love this story in Mark chapter 6 that God takes nothing. He turns it into something. In Mark chapter 6, you know the story. It's a very familiar story. The Bible says, by this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Think about that. These people are hungry, and the disciples are like, you you go tell them to go buy something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. So they said to him, that would take more than a half year's wage. And We're to go to spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat. How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to all the people, sat them down in groups. I love that because people do get fed in groups. On green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the, the, the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten were about 5,000. Now, now I'm kind of like a picture kind of guy. So let me kind of paint the picture so you'll get the fullness of this revelation. Now, now. The disciples, they, they were, in, uh, they, 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 they were in, in the desert. And if you ever study the miracles of Jesus, it kind of went in this kind of a pattern. It was like they would go from the desert to the village. From the village, they'd go to the sea. And then Jesus do a miracle. And then they'd go back to the village. And then from the village, they'd go back to the desert. He'd do another miracle. Then they'd go back to, to the village. And then from the village, they'd go to the sea. That's kind of like the routine. It was kind of the pattern of Jesus. And the reason why they'd always have to go to the village is because campuses, San Ysidro, come on. The reason why they would do that is because it was in the village was the marketplaces. That's where you got your bread. That's where you got your fish. That's where you got your food. They didn't have it in the desert. So you'd have to always go into, into the village. So, so the disciples, are, are, they're carrying their baskets. That's why there was 12 baskets. And so they're all carrying their baskets, and they're in a deserted place headed towards the village. And so they're, they're all walking towards the village, and there's a large crowd that's following Jesus. And they're saying, Jesus, we're hungry. And the disciples are like, oh, we don't got nothing. And so, and so they're like, Jesus, tell them to go to the village because that's where we're going, and that's where they get food. And look at Jesus. This is Jesus' response. Like, look at, look at the way Jesus responds. It's, it's hilarious. He goes, you feed them. And they're, you know, they go Gary Coleman on him, like, what you talking about, Jesus? You know what I mean? Like, and, and they're like, no, no, you, you, you feed them. And they're like, ha, Lord, 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 Lord. You know, they, they got swag now, Lord, right? And they're like, look at our baskets. Northern County, look at my basket. I got nothing in my basket. And I mean, didn't Jesus know they had nothing? And so if Jesus knew they had nothing, then why would he tell them, you feed them? It would be consistent with the personality and the characteristic of God to admit you have nothing. And so they say, um, we don't have nothing, Lord. Look at our baskets. I, I, I want to serve, but, but what do I have to offer? So I want to make a difference in the lives of people, but, but why, why? I don't have nothing. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 you got something. Oh, no, Lord, we don't. He says, oh, go, go find something. And, and, and they go find this little boy. And, and this little boy, they like, they punk him. You know what I mean? Like, give me your, give me your food right now, right? <laughs> and they're like, he's like, we, 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 we got some loaves and some fish. And he's like, give them to me. And so, so Jesus takes them. And like, he, he, he takes the bread and he, and, and he takes the fish. I ain't going to open this up because it smelled this whole place up. But he like, he like take, takes the bread and fish and, and he lifted it up. It's five loaves, two fish. He blesses it. But here's, here's what he does. He breaks it, right? And then he brings it back down and it's still two fish and five loaves. And then he's like, here. And they're like, uh, what do you want us to do with this? And he's like, feed them. And they're like, <laughs> there's 5,000 men. And in those days, they didn't have no television, so they had a bunch of kids. <laughs> and so there's like 30,000 people, right? Because then in those days, all they did was count men. So it's like 30,000 people. And they're like, tell them, sit, sit them in 50s and 100s. So they're like, what do you want? He's like, okay, Simon, you take this. <laughs> Thomas, you take that. And so like. They're going to a group of 50. No one's, everyone's avoiding the 100. They go to the group of 50 and they're like, this is all I've been given? So y'all going to have to like take micro bites. And so, so they, they, they give it and then like, they're like, you need to go. There's other people waiting. And all of a sudden that, that feeling comes back on them. I don't, I don't have nothing. And Jesus is like, no, open up your hands. And they open up their hands. And they're like, where did this come from? He's like, give it. Feed them. And then they, they give it to that crowd. And then that same feeling comes upon them like, there's other people that are hungry. and I don't have nothing. And Jesus is like, open up your hands. And they open up their hands and they're like, what's happening? And God is teaching them something. That don't allow your nothing to stop you from something. When all God wants to do is give you everything. And the thing is, is that we, we stop ourselves and we're like, I can't. And God's like, where do you find that in the Bible? I don't have time. And God says, oh, no, no, I hold time in my hand. I'm busy. And like, oh, no, that means being under Satan's yoke. And he's like, take, take your nothing. Let me turn it into something. And they... They, they land up feeding everybody. And then like, and then they come back. And after they come back, like, baskets are full. And they're like, how in the world did this happen? And he goes, it's simple. Because they were satisfied. And because they were satisfied, 
your baskets became full. Because you acted out in faith, your baskets became full. So with your nothing, you acted out in faith. And your baskets, and your baskets became full. Faith. Full. Isn't, isn't that, I mean, I mean, isn't that what we want to hear? Well done, my good and Well, how is it that your life's ever going to be full if you're not operating in faith? Because you're complaining, I got nothing to offer. I don't know what my talents are. But he fearfully, come on, East County, he, he fearfully, he, he wonderfully made you. As I close today, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Masterpiece. You know, isn't it amazing that God took the bread? He lifted it. Lord, this is my, this is your servant. He blessed it. And he broke it. I found out that God turns broken pieces into masterpieces. I found out that I'm a mosaic. Shattered by the sin of my past, but transformed to be put back together to be a blessing for the future. See, majority of you in here are saved. You wouldn't be at a 10 o'clock service. You love God. But you were like me, sitting in church, empty. Figuring out, God, what, what do you have for my life? I want to know my why. I want to know my purpose. Because that was the question. Lord, I know what you saved me from. Please help me. To show me what I've been saved for. Friends, it wasn't until... One Sunday, I was in a seat just like yours. There was a preacher that talked about purpose. I was saved, but not in purpose. I was a seed, but I wasn't planted. And I, my life wasn't flourishing because the Bible says those who are planted in the house of God flourish. Live in abundance. Come on, have supernatural joy in their lives. Fulfillment every day. I was like, God, why don't I feel this way? He said, son, I saved you. But I want to use you. Me? I don't have 
nothing. He says, give me your nothing. I'll turn it into something. And eventually I'll give you everything. Twelve years ago, I'm leaving Palm Springs International Airport. The pilot goes on the speakerphone and says, I have to circle a few times and then we're headed towards our destination. I looked out the window. I was there doing a conference and the Lord speaks to me and says, I'm sending you and your wife here to start a revolution, start a church. I fought him for a whole year because you know what my response was? God, God, I don't have nothing. And he says, oh, no, 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 if you'll give me your nothing, I'll turn it into something. I'll do it. I have people in my church that have been challenged to start businesses. Oh, God, I want to start my business, but I have nothing. And God says, give me your nothing. And now today they're employing a lot of people because they trusted. They found out. I know, I've been, I know why I was saved, not just what I was saved from. And today there's many of you here today that are saved. There's many of you on the campuses today that are watching that you're saved. You've been sitting in that seat, but friends, listen, you weren't saved to sit. You were saved to be used of God. You are a testimony of God, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has this appointed time for you. There is somebody that needs what's in your life, and they will never, ever get to their place until you get to your place. You know, today, like our church, your church has life classes. It's where I learned. It's where I sat there. Somebody took me step by step, and they showed me, Obed, this is how you're going to do it. Obed, this is what's going to happen. I thought to myself, if I'd have never taken those classes, I probably wouldn't be up here today. You're saved. But you still have a why. You're saved. But you don't know your purpose. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, you're here today. I want you to hear me. And I want you, I want to speak to your heart right now. I'm not speaking to your head. I want to speak to your heart. Because this is about a family. Because this is why God built the local church. See, a Christian without a church is an orphan. It's why sometimes you don't feel like you're part. It's not because you're not. It's because, sir, ma'am, you're not planted. It's why you're trying to figure everything out. When the instruction is already inside of you. But you don't know because you're not planted. Pastor Obed, I attend church. There's a difference between attending and being planted. You're here today. They say, I want to know my purpose. I know what I've been saved from. I just want to know what I've been saved for. And if that's you today, all over the campuses, if that's you today, it's a holy moment. Because there was a moment when you lifted your hand that all heaven rejoiced when you gave your heart to Jesus. This is going to be a moment that not only is heaven going to rejoice because you've been saved. No, no, no. This is going to be a moment where hell is going to tremble because you're saying yes to the call of God on your life right now. And if that's you today and you say, Pastor Obed, I want to know my purpose. I need to know it. On the count of three, I want you to 
Lift up your hands. One, two, three. Lift them up all over this place. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I mean, there... God bless you. So many hands are lifted up. Listen, if your hands are lifted up, your hands are lifted I want you to stand to your feet really quick. Stand up, stand up. All over the campuses, stand up, stand up. Come on, come on, church. Come on, stand up. Come on. San Ysidro, East and North County. Come on. Come on, stand up. Stand up where you are. In Jesus' name, I want to know my purpose. I want to know what God's called me to do. And as, as you're standing, I want you to grab your stuff. I want to meet you right here. Come on, step out into the faith that God has for you. Come on, church. Come on, let's give them a big God bless you. Come on, they're stepping into their destiny. They're stepping towards their purpose right now. Come on, I'm not going to be a sideline Christian anymore. I'm going to get in the game today. I'm going to live a life that's worth it. I'm going to live a life that I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going to be a history maker. I'm going to be a world shaker. That's what I'm going to do right now. Come on, come on, keep on coming. Keep on coming. Come on. Step out of that seat and keep on coming. Come on, campuses. Come on, let's keep on giving them a big God bless you. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, keep on coming. Keep on coming. Come on, keep on coming. Come on, you're answering the call of why you were saved today. Come on, keep on coming. In Jesus' name. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, keep on coming. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray for you in a second. But I want to reach out to every one of you that say, Pastor Obed, I, I don't know Jesus as my Savior, and I want to know him. Listen, today will be your best day. Because you'll get a double whammy. Not only will you get saved, but you'll discover your why. And if that's you today, I just want you to lift your hands really quick and say, Pastor Obed, is there anybody here? Come on, just lift your hands. Say, I want to get saved. God bless you. 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 Anybody else? God bless you. Listen, if that's you and your hands lifted, I want you to come forward right now. Come on. Just make your way forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I saw you raise your hand. Come on. You don't have to be embarrassed. Just make your way forward. Come on. Come on, come on, wherever you're at, keep on coming. Wherever you're at, I saw it. Listen, if you want to stay, I'm I'm good. Let's just pray this prayer real quick. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Today I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Lord, I've sinned, I've fallen short of your glory, but I'm up today. In Jesus' name, I'm born again. My life will never be the same. Amen. 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 Now, let me speak to you. Listen, you made the most important decision in your life. The most important decision in your life was you gave your heart to Jesus. The next most important part of your life is you answered the call. Your life will never be the same. You'll be impacted like crazy. I'm going to pray for you right now, and then pastor is going to come up and give you instruction about what to do next. I took classes, man, and it helped me like crazy because it gave me an answer to what I needed in my life. I wanted to give the devil a black eye, and I was going to beat him up by helping so many other people as he tried to beat me up all my life. Can I pray for you guys right now? Father, I thank you for every person that's up here. I release an anointing of a gifting on their life right now. Lord, I believe that you have 
something so powerful on every campus, everything here today, God, supernaturally, Lord, their lives will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, and let's give God a praise. Come on, church. Here's what we're going to do right now. Before you leave church, we're going to celebrate them. All of you who made a decision to get involved with the church, we're just going to go ahead and look at that person right there. She's got her hand. And we're going to follow her all the way into that room. And church, we're going to celebrate them until all of them get into that room. Amen. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Oh, no, no, no. It's good. It's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Come on, church, let's encourage them all the way through.